Blog Talk Radio. This is the Back Porch Writer Podcast, the show for writers, about writers, and writing. It's live, fun, and informative. Each week, I chat with writers, editors, and industry pros to give you and me a heads up about this whole new awesome publishing world. Back Porch Writer is about creating the life that you want through writing and publishing. Are you ready to tap submit? Let's explore the possibilities together. Welcome to Back Porch Writer. Welcome to Back Porch Writer, the show for writers, about writers and writing. I'm your host, Corey Miller, and today is March 1st, 2017. It's already March! I'm so excited. St. Patrick's Day is during March. I love St. Patrick's Day. That's my mom's birthday, which, you know, that's awesome. But it's also an awesome holiday. I love it. And this year, I'm actually, we're actually inviting a few people over. We don't do that every year for St. Patrick's Day, but this year, we decided we would invite some friends over again for St. Patrick's Day, so I'll make I think I'm going to make some very traditional Irish fare. I think that's what I did last time we had people over. So I made, you know, corned beef and cabbage and I made a vegetarian shepherd's pie. And so I may do that again. I just haven't completely decided. And I haven't made soda bread in a really, really, really long time. So I don't know. I might have to go down that path. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Where the wind blows, I guess, on that one when it gets a little bit closer. But I'm very excited about that. Today is quite a windy day and a little bit chilly, but very bright and sunny. You know, who can complain about that? That's nice. It was cool and crisp when I walked outside in the morning. I love that, by the way. There's, that's just invigorating. I absolutely love that. I wouldn't run in it because that would probably kill me. But walking around in it, that's cool. I like that. You know, that's very stimulating. I did not do my yoga practice this morning. I've, I've been on a good streak, and I've been doing it every morning, pretty much every morning, for a little bit over a week now, trying to get back into my vinyasa yoga practice. Today, I made a decision to do it in the afternoon, and that proved to be a really good decision. Okay, it wasn't quite afternoon. It was almost 12 o'clock, and I had been sitting at my computer doing a bunch of stuff, and, you know, my legs started to tighten. My little back was getting tight. I'm like, oh, I need to get up off my butt and do something else for a little bit. <laughs> so I thought, I'll go do my yoga now. And that was awesome because after that, of course, I had this renewed sense of focus, which was really helpful because I was trying to read um, an 11-page research study <laughs> and so I needed to be able to focus and so that was quite helpful to do my yoga at that particular moment so I'm very pleased that's still going well the vinyasa yoga track is going so I'm very pleased um so that's what's going on in my world hope everything's going well in your neck of the woods um oh I should mention before I bring on my guest that I was over on my womanly art of self-defense website doing some updating because as you know I'm I haven't done a podcast for that that show in a while, and so I'm looking at what I'm going to be doing for this year for the Womanly Art of Self-Defense and doing some adjusting on some things, because what I decided is that it really needs to be about, well, in addition to self-defense, needs to be about helping women to just discover and use their strengths every single day, because to me, that's really what's at the heart of self-defense, is knowing who you are, what you're capable of. Kind of things that you can do. So that's the what I'm trying to articulate a little bit better now. So I'll be getting back to that in the next couple months. I'll have my sound studio ready to go. I'm very excited about that. Um, shouldn't take too terribly long. I hope I've got some windows to replace in the building that that's going to be happening in. So there is that. 
I can't have a sound studio and construction going on at the same time. That won't work. <laughs> but I will keep you posted. Oh, and I do want to give a shout out to some people who have been listening to the program in Canada, Hungary, Poland, and Australia. That's awesome. I love that. That's really cool. I have a lot of listeners in the U.S., and I appreciate you too, but I, I have to say it's kind of neat to look and see where people are listening in other areas of the world. So that's kind of cool. So tonight I have as my guest Jay Nori, and I'm going to let him describe to you what he writes because he seems he does write about zombies. I think I may have mentioned that in the description here or there. Um, but he also has a new book that came out at the end of January that, as far as I understand, does not have to do with zombies. But I'm going to let him explain that to you. Jay, welcome to Backport Writer. Hi, Corey. Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, great to have you here. So your book that just came out has to do with body snatchers? This this book is a departure from everything I've done, which you can actually usually say about pretty much every book that I write. The only real common theme is that I'm always exploring the deeper meaning of something. And this year it's body snatching, essentially. And we're riding along with someone in a first-person way, which I've never done before, but that was the only way this story would let me write it. Um, and uh, he's kind of trying to figure out his place in the universe one body to the next and tries to find out where he's headed and what his purpose is and what he's all about while his memory fails him as he leaves one body and jumps into another. And he tries to distinguish what his memories are and what memories belong to the body he's now in. Mm. It sounds like you pick a different sort of theme every year. Is that what you're doing? That's absolutely what I'm doing. Last year was the year of the zombie, and every letter that I sent out set up in the corner, 2016, year of the zombie. And this year <laughs> it's the year of the dreamer, and uh, my uh, newsletter subscribers are getting a chapter every week in a book called Dreaming the Perpetual Dream. And another take on body snatching in a way. One fellow goes to sleep every night and wakes up as another fellow who is the admiral in a fleet that is finding its way across space and trying to find a new home. Why are you doing what you're doing? You know, at the end of every year when I'm done writing what I've decided to write for that year, I kind of sit down with all the ideas that I have in my head and all the ideas that have come to me throughout the year that I've jotted down in notebooks and that I've entertained and I kind of see which one speaks to me the loudest and is most demanding my attention. And I try to find a few that kind of have a theme that tie them together and shoot for writing all of those in the next year. So do you have some sort of, in your mind, are you looking at, I want to do X number of books on that topic or in that theme in that year, or is it more like, oh, I've, I've got a few, I've analyzed this, it's going to be three this year, it's going to be ten the next year. No, I always know at the beginning of the year uh, with how many I'm going to write. Uh, last year that did change, but that's because I went from writing longhand to using a laptop and typing everything, and things suddenly went way faster. So instead of two <laughs> novels, I wrote two novels and then wrote uh, six short story volumes to go along with them. And those were all mm -hmm. about 25,000 words a piece. And we 
we made the print format into a small book that you could fit in your back pocket and carry around and read easily on the beach or on a bench or on a bus. So that was hmm. kind of fun and kind of a good take on how changing some habits can really change your productivity. Oh, absolutely. I mean, writing longhand, that takes a lot of time. I used to do that. That takes a tremendous amount of time to do it that yeah, way. Yeah, and I wasn't a great typist when I started, so I was like, well, I'm probably going to lose some time here in the beginning, but I really didn't. And as soon as I started picking up the pace, it just blew away all my old writing goals. I was like, oh, oh, it's not hard to write a thousand <laughs> words a day. Now it's time to like cap myself at 3,000 and <laughs> make sure I go do something else. Well, you know, it's interesting. In, in the questions that I ask guests before they come on to the program, one of them is, essentially about things that you've learned. And one of the things that you brought up was that you were working on or, or learned about life and writing balance, that sort of thing. And it seems like in the years that I've done this show, it's been about four years, that comes up pretty consistently, whether it's someone talking with me on Back Porch Writer or I listen to some other podcast and someone brings it up over there, this idea of balance seems to keep coming up. So what is it that you learned? I've learned that I need to make sure that I'm writing every day, but I also have learned to make, make sure that I'm scheduling something else that keeps me engaged with the household and keeps me grounded in what needs to be done around the house because it's awfully easy to get lost in a story and just be like, okay, well, I'm just going to write until it's dinner time and then I'm going to write until it's bedtime and I'm I'm getting ahead of all my goals here, right? So I'll just do all that other stuff later. So it's balance is it's a constant thing that you have to pay attention to no matter what you're doing but if you're trying to start any kind of business on top of having a full-time job and having a family and having any kind of life at all then you really need to learn a lot about juggling and balancing everything you've got going on so it sounds like writing is not your full-time gig no it's not okay. i actually work in uh telecommunications i install um, equipment in central offices and head ends. I've been doing that for a little over 10 years and yeah, realized that the only way to make sure that I was going to be following my dreams was to make sure that I started doing it every day. So again, it's a balancing act, but you got to make sure that you're taking care of everything that you need taken care of in every respect. Well, it's interesting you bring up the that's why you write every day, because that's another thing that tends to come up with a lot of writers. And that's one of the pieces of advice that it just gets thrown out there. And I've seen it over and over again for many years. I've been writing and publishing for a while at this point. Um, but I see that that bit of advice, which I don't agree with, by the way, get thrown out quite a bit, the whole write every day, write every day. But for you, it sounds like you're doing it. It, almost in response to the fact that you know you have other obligations and so you need to do the the, the other job, at least right now, um, to make things work for the family unit. That's what I'm hearing. You correct me if I'm wrong. And then you you also know that you also you want to keep on track with your writing and your way of doing it is to make sure you write something every day. Where I don't do it that way. I have a, a totally different take on it, actually. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, especially because I'm I'm writing in multiple projects. I've got 
a blog that posts every week. I've got my newsletter that goes out once a week. I've got books that I want to publish this year. It's a goal of six. So, hmm. yeah, there's a lot of things that need to be written, a lot of things that need to be edited, even if I'm not necessarily writing every day, which is pretty rare for me not to. There's still something authory to do every day. Authory? Sure. <laughs> That's great work, and, and I'm sure it's only set aside. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm sure it, <laughs> it's in some dictionary somewhere. Yes. It's in an unabridged dictionary somewhere. Authory. But yeah, I, I find that if I don't at least set aside a little bit of time every day to keep up on things that, number one, I can lose the string of the story. And I like to be able to stay at least in that whatever story I'm working on every day. And then it's just a good practice for me to keep that momentum. I feel like mm -hmm. it's kind of the same concept that I work with in my day job. If the more that mm -hmm. I do every day, the more I can do the next day. And I make sure that I keep that momentum going and make sure that I at least do a little bit of what I need to do with everything I need to do it with so that I don't fall behind on anything. And I don't mm -hmm. always stay ahead on everything, but yeah, do your best to keep on track. Yeah, it's interesting. I I said I, I didn't agree. There's some points I agree with in terms of the writing everyday thing, but I, I opened myself up to more of a slightly different interpretation. And it's that as long as I'm doing something that has to do with my writing author business, then I'm good. And sometimes yeah, that absolutely. means I'm working on an actual novel novel and, or something, and sometimes I'm not. Now, I had to make a huge adjustment, though, because I decided to go back to school to get a master's degree. So there's, I'm writing, but I'm writing nonfiction at the moment and not focused on my fiction. So I had to actually adjust my production schedule <laughs> because I had a production schedule, which makes me wonder, what's your production schedule look like? How did you come to that? Because you have one. I'm hearing you talk about it. You're talking around it. How did you come to your production schedule? You know, that really shifts as I go through whatever I'm working on. Sometimes I'm doing a lot more editing than I am writing. Um, the main reason that I try to keep at it every day as far as getting at least a little bit of writing done, which I consider a thousand words a day, a pretty good minimum. That's not a hard mm -hmm. thing to make sure that I can get done. True. And that's really just working a muscle that I want to keep in shape. I, it might be that I don't feel like writing in the story that I'm writing in because I need to sit with the story or with the characters for a day or two. And then mm -hmm. it's time to write the blog or write newsletter posts mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. yeah, any number of things that write enough copy to fill a couple pages and hand it off to my partner and say, here, do something with all this. Yeah. There's so many different things that you need to balance even within just the writer's life. And if you're not doing all of them, then there's really not much point in doing any of them. Mm -hmm. You know, this, this whole sec segment is called Living the Indie Author Life. And I should have mentioned this in the intro. This is part of the Brain to Book Cyber Convention. And so this is take eight with Jay Norrie. Um, Brain to Book Cyber Convention, you need to check it out. It's the first weekend in April. Lots of fun, lots of things happening for you to participate in, whether you're a reader or an author, just so you know. But the Living the Author, the Indie Author Life, the reason I chose that as the title is because I meet so many people who say to me, they, they, when they find out that I write and then I publish books, and the, this is something I've done for a while, then I start getting questions of how do you do that? Why do you do that? 
oh, I always wanted to write this or that or the other thing. And I thought, oh, I need to talk with other authors specifically about how you live this in the author life because it's, one, not easy, as you're pointing out, because there's so many different hats you have to wear and so many different things you need to do. Um, but it's also one of those things that uh, you're not going to get, like, really rich really quickly in this game. <laughs> so if that's the perception. You know, there's a challenge there. So what are your thoughts on that part, on the money side of it? I think that this is a really great opportunity and a really great time for people who have always longed to write that story that they always wanted to write and hold that book in their hands. Um, if that's all you want to do, that's pretty easy. If you're wanting to make a career out of writing, then yeah, there are a lot of things that you really need to pay attention to and need to learn besides just being a good writer and telling a good story. And I'm very much in the process of learning those and learning how to balance the time that I need to spend writing with learning about what I need to do to reach the readers out there that I know are going to love the things that I write. What has been the most, up to this point, the most effective way for you to reach your readers? Um, you know, the newsletter is has really been a good thing. Um, I've gotten a lot of feedback from that. I've found that there's some really good relationships that have formed through the newsletter that um, even a couple of people that I've ended up meeting in person. And it's funny when I talk to them, they're like, yeah, I've been getting your newsletter every week and it's cool to be caught up on the things that you're doing. And I'm like, yeah, that, that's good. I'm, I'm writing this the right way. And I'm making sure that these people know that I value where they're at and what they're going through and that I'm sharing enough of what I'm going through to make them feel like they're a part of my life because they very much are. It's, a very valuable thing to have someone reach out to you and say, hey, I loved your books, or even better, hey, I love all your books. How long is your newsletter? You know, Generally. I, I, try to, <laughs> I try to keep it around 500 words or less. Um, I know that it can be a lot to throw a whole bunch of stuff out there and ask people to read 1,000 words or 1,500 words, but... I admit that for a while I do stray into those waters and have a whole lot of stuff to say and probably say three or four times, bear with me just a little bit longer. <laughs> but usually I try to keep it around 500 words. Well, it seems to me, I don't know, a year ago or so, maybe a little bit longer, um, I, I was reading some information about blogs and ideal blog listings. So not doing long form, but the sweet spot was somewhere between five and I think 800 words or something before you lose people. And so that's what I would aim for when I would do blog posts. And I try and keep my newsletter stuff really tight, like what you're doing, short, sweet, to the point, that sort of thing. But for me, I've, ha I've struggled with building my email list. So how have you gone about building your list? Um, you know, I have pretty good presence on Twitter um, and on Facebook, and I try to mention it a lot on there. Um, like I said, I'm giving out free chapters every week to newsletter subscribers. did something similar last year with the Zombie Zero short stories, so I'm always offering free content, and whenever someone else with the newsletter wants to 
trade up and we seem to have pretty similar genres or crossover in some respect or another, then that's been a good opportunity to talk about their newsletter to my newsletter subscribers and vice versa. That seems to be a good way to build those lists. That is really something that is a focus of this year is trying to find exactly those readers that we're wanting to find and that are going to love everything that I do. And that's kind of hard when you're writing in all kinds of different genres and saying all kinds of different things with your stories. But yeah, like I said, that's really what the newsletter has been bringing in um, and giving me that relationship with some of those people that are really enjoying no matter what idea I decide to explore. Well, I know I've had conversations with authors in the past, including last week, actually, about this whole multi-genre approach and how do you brand yourself or your work when you do that. And the consistent response has been branding the author, which makes sense. And from my review of what you've been doing, it seems as though that's kind of the the tact that you take. Um, It seems more like branding Jay Nori as the author, not so much what you actually write, but the fact that you're the author. Is that accurate? Yeah, I would say so, especially as far as trying to spread everything that I do across some kind of umbrella that it can all fall under. Um, Like my blog this year is Thoughts That Hurt to Think, and it's very much if you sat down on the porch and had a drink with me and started talking to me about stuff, some of these things would come up, and they're they're things (laughs) that I think about. They're things that I explore mentally that I even bring up in stories in different ways. And yeah, it's just my personality shows through in everything that I do in some way or another in my fiction work. It probably shows up more in a humorous way than anything else. But as far as the nonfiction stuff that I do and the blog posts that I put up, I really try to share what I think and put myself out there and let folks know what they can expect from my perspective and watch my perspective grow hopefully over the years. It sounds like from what you're saying that even with your blog posts, you pick a theme for the year. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Last year, the theme was why I love to write. And we are currently going through all those old posts and compiling it into a book that's going to be designed to help the person who's written all their life turn a story into their first book. And, uh, yeah, this year it's Thoughts That Hurt to Think, and that's going to be compiled into a book later on this year that's going to be kind of a response to going out to book festivals and seeing what kind of people there were, looking around and talking to them and realizing that that kind of subject was actually a pretty popular thing to entertain and a pretty fun thing to bounce back and forth ideas about. And it just inspired me to write that book and especially to have it out there at festivals and be able to talk to people about all those things that we accept as reality and somehow don't go crazy while we do. So what's your favorite thing about being an indie author? Um, I really come at it from a place of, I, have a legacy that I'm trying to build. I have a library of books that are in my head that I would rather see on my shelf and preferably on as many other shelves as possible. But I'm really just trying to fulfill a dream that I've had my whole life and 
create this legacy and produce this library and see what others think of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what's your one tip that you would give to someone who's starting out? They've, they've done their first book, their cover sucked. Maybe they could have done a little more editing. What would you tell that person? I would tell them that they only fail if they stop trying. If your first effort is crap, then you know what? Welcome to the club. I, it, good luck finding somebody that doesn't improve on their second book. If you're not improving every aspect of your writing with every book that you're writing, then you're not doing it right. It, you really should be feeling when you're working on anything, wow, this is the best thing I've ever done, and I don't know if I'm up to the task. And then you should step up to the task and realize at the end of it that, yeah, wow, that was harder than anything I've ever done. And the next thing I do is going to be harder than that. And mm -hmm. I'm going to do that mm -hmm. too. Okay. Do you have, or I should say, what is your favorite tool that you've used as an indie author? Because we all have different tools that we, we use and we like. What's yours? I use a lot of scheduling tools that I've picked up over the years to make sure that I'm getting things done that I want to get done. As far as software tools, um, I the reason that I used to write longhand is because I used to think that one certain company was the only one that I could use, and I was always crashing when I tried to use that computer, and it just didn't seem to flow right. And when I finally went out and bought an Apple laptop, I realized, oh, I can control when this thing updates, and I can do whatever I want whenever I want. And when I married that with Scrivener, that's when things really took a whole different direction. So there are just, a lot of tools that have – oh, go ahead. I just bought a Mac a couple months ago. First time ever in my life that I have an Apple product. <laughs> I've had a couple and, people try to give me crap about it, and I'm like, you know what? That's fine. I it, this thing has been worth every pen, penny several times over, and I've only had it like a year. Yeah, I, I immediately I got it. Here's the thing that made it happen. I was talking. I had learned about um, a tool that I could use to format my books really easily. Vellum but it's only available on a Mac, on an Apple product. And I was like, ooh, it took a little convincing for my husband and saying, I, I really need to get this particular product because that's not what we've had ever in our household, not even with phone. But that was the, the driving force because I had already used Scrivener. Scrivener is on my, my other computer. And I love Scrivener, but it works better on oh, a yeah. Mac because it was originally designed for Mac. So it works better I know, on Mac, right. <laughs> right? right? So, I mean, I'm just now getting into Scrivener on my Mac, right? So I don't know right. everything, but I know it's going to be better. It's going to be better. It? <laughs> <laughs> <will> be better. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, I mean, these are the things that, you know, as, as you're starting out as a, an author, I tell people, like, dude, you need to get Scrivener. <laughs> you know, whether it's on Word or Mac, get Scrivener, start there. Oh, yeah, Vellum, that's cool. Do that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and when I got the Mac, and I, I downloaded Scrivener on it right away, and uh, had right. worked with it before, and it took me like, I think over a little over a week to go through the whole tutorial, and uh, 
man, I was really itching to get started by the time I was finally done with that thing. And it was just like, yeah, opening up the gates on a racehorse. I was yeah. like, okay, I'm it's off. Cool. This, is, this is totally the way to go. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I, it's one of my favorite tools. Scrivener, we, we have very little time, but I would say Scrivener, and I have this editor software called The Editor by Sonority Software. That stuff is awesome. I love that tool. But that and that Scrivener and Vellum, like that's all you need. Just do that. Then hire an editor and a cover designer, and you're good to go. <laughs> yep, that's what my partner does for me in-house. We've got a pretty good thing going on. We're able to pull just about everything together between the two of us and only have to hire out something every once in a while. See, that's, that's awesome. Well, Jake, real quick, tell everybody your website. You can find me at jaynori.com, J-A-Y-N-O-R-R-Y.com. And, yeah, that's where everything is. I'm also on Twitter and on Facebook and very easy to find on all the social media. But sign up for the Secret Society of Deeper Meaning and get a free chapter every week in whatever I'm working on. Thank you, Jay. You have a great evening. Thank you, Corey. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Everybody, go check him out. Give him some review love. Go over to Amazon or wherever you happen to buy books and give him some review love. He's got a lot of different books. If you like zombies, you definitely need to check that out because he's got a whole slew of that. But his new book has to do with body snatchers. That sort of freaked me out, but I'm still going to have to check it out because, you know, that's what I do. Thanks so much for joining me here on Back Porch Writer, the show for writers about writers and writing. Until next time, pull the chair, sit a spell, and write. Thanks for listening to Back Porch Writer. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe via iTunes so people just like you can find the show. If you've got comments, questions, or want to be a guest, visit BackPorchWriter.com for details. I'm your host, Corey Miller. Until next time, pull the chair, sit a spell, and write. <laughs>